First home buyers are feeling deflated as more and more restrictions on lending is being felt. Price rises continue to price them out of the market and the knowledge and power that seasoned buyers have gets them constantly pushed to the wayside. Today, we are going to find out how to think outside the square when you're buying your first home. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. Today we have the lovely Nicole Jacobs back again from Nicole Jacobs Property. Nicole is featured as one of the buyer's advocates on the block, is featured on Open Homes Australia and regularly gives her advice through radio and print media channels. We are lucky enough to be added to her high profile media appearances here at Real Estate Right. Welcome Nicole, yay! How are you? (laughs) Great, Sue. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, Now, you've been on before and now we're going to be talking about first home buyers. So how do you think a first home buyer should approach the market? Look, the market at the moment, of course, is very different to when we were speaking last. Uh, I think that they really do need to look at it with open eyes. Um, They really do have to do their research I'm always banging on about having, you know, being finance ready. So that hasn't changed. Um, and I think you have to be very realistic about your expectations of, as a first home buyer because we can all dream of having, you know, all the mod cons and, and being in an amazing suburb. But if our budget doesn't allow it, we have to be realistic and therefore write a list, get back to the basics. What do you have to have versus what do you, would you love to have? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be what you want now. It can be what you will, or in the future, it could be something like a little small stepping stone. Think of stepping stones. Get the best property you can uh, for your budget for now. Uh, Get on the property ladder. um, And as long as you're thinking about uh, infrastructure and a few of those things that are just really important, uh, you may even be able to hold that property and then go to the next one. Um, Otherwise, you can have that to use to sell and then move in an upgrade. But you're right, you don't have, doesn't have to be your dream home on day one. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And so many people want to get from A to Z without doing the little bits in between. Um, but you have to think they are small stepping stones. That's um, right. And, you know, um, I love walking into a place that's got hideous wallpaper or uh, it needs mm-hmm. good reno because um, that's, you know, that's something that first-time buyers may actually have to have a look at. But they de- do need to make sure, and we did buy from first-time buyer not long ago, they made sure they had some in reserve, some cash that they didn't give into the property. They let yeah. the, the finance take care of that, but the cash that they could then upgrade the kitchen, do the floorboards and paint. But yeah. ended up being able to get a great property because they were prepared to do the work. Yes. And, you know, you can't have everything all at once. You have no, to. No, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Everything worth it is a bit of hard work, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think is the main thing holding first home buyers uh, back to buy in their 30s rather than than in their 20s? Yeah, yeah. That's changed so much, hasn't it? Because we all, yeah. you know, try and buy quite early. Um, but I think part of that is that they don't want to buy something that they can't see themselves living in. Um, yeah. So they think, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Uh, they're busy with their professional lives and they're trying to get 
everything together. Uh, if you like my husband, he wanted to get a, a big chunk of the deposit ready uh, before launching into it. But, you know, there's so many grants now too. have a look into those. Um, yeah. And it, even the first home buyer we've got on the, our, we really can't even say they, they qualify for any grant because first home buyers now are buying things in the 800s and 900s and up to mm. because which is insane. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Because they yeah. actually can't find a property that they want. But I, I have to say the market has pulled back. So uh, those properties that we were looking around that the mid eights to nine about yeah. you know six months ago, they're now well in the mid seven. Yeah. So there are bargains to be had if you, if you can find them. If you can find them. But uh, cautiously on that too, Sue, is... Don't buy something just because you think it's cheap. Yes. So important that you've you've looked at where it is. You've looked at the long term, uh, just even when you want to sell again um, and and get that building and pest inspection. It might be cheap for a reason. Make sure that you're Mm. buying a lemon. Yeah. (laughs) That's good advice. Yes. uh, You never know when they're going to get the the pest inspection or the flood alert or something that's going to, you know, be pulling that figure back. Well, it may not stop you from buying it, but at least you're going with your eyes open. And, you know, mm. it needs to be rewired or it needs to be restumped or uh, the yeah. gutters are shot or it needs a new roof. Uh, these things shouldn't put you off as long as you know how much it's going to cost. And if you can afford that and it's a great yeah. position and all those other things, then go for it. But yeah. go into it with your right. And you, and you put in your offer based on the fact that, you know, okay, it's going to cost me $50,000 yeah. to get all those things fixed up. I'm offering you 50000 less than what you're asking because yeah. I need to do this. And in and today's market... No, I, they actually will listen. <laughs> yeah, which is what you want. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, when a first home buyer is like keen to get out there, what would you recommend as your as a first start um, to sort of put your peg above the rest? Yeah. So I think you really need to invest some time in thinking about what it is that you're wanting to achieve. What does yeah. that property have to have? Are you buying it by yourself? Are you buying it with someone else? Uh, very yeah. different scenarios. If you're buying it by yourself, think about, okay, if I'm buying a one bedroom, why am I buying one bedroom? Is it because I don't want to actually live with anybody else? And that's okay. Um, yeah. Know that. Uh, no use going to buy two bedroom if you can't afford it and it's pushing you further out. Uh, mm. If you are going to buy a two bedroom because you want to actually rent out one of the rooms, then know that prior to it um then you you've really you know if you're buying with somebody else you then you've got to work out okay are we buying as a couple are we buying as friends are we buying as family all those scenarios are really important to think about because if you're going with family uh or you know a couple that you're not married or it's a friend you really should have an agreement in place as to how this is going to you know look um you could even have it drawn up and then you have to work out how you're going to buy it are you tenants in common, yeah. all those sorts of legal issues. So yeah. yes. uh, important also then, once you've decided who you're buying it with or whether it's just yourself, is to have a list of what you're looking for. I mean, I, I speak about it in my book about the first purchase my husband and I made and, and we I stopped in mid-auction purely because I wasn't sure if it's what we wanted. To this day, he says I pulled out of the auction because it didn't have a clothesline, but I refute that completely. <laughs> um, and I must, I'm going to preface, I should have prefaced it with the fact that I was not an estate agent by, at that stage. Um, yeah. But we then went to a coffee shop and sat down and had a list. And so I would advise any first home buyer uh, to sit down with that list, even actually people that are not first home buyers, 
sit yeah. down with your list and and whoever's buying that property, write your top 10 things that you really want. Because when you exchange that list with the other person, you might find that, oh my gosh, they won't live anything that's old. They only want modern. Mm. Uh, you know, there's so many criterias that they want that you may not want. Um, and you have mm. to find that common ground. So a list yeah. is a really good way of working out your why. Why are you buying yes. this? And, and what features does it have to have as a minimum um must mm. it have off street parking must it have a courtyard or an outdoor area um because then you're on the same page yeah when you are buying in some sort of partnership you should probably also have a bit of an exit strategy as well just in case you know, things go wrong yeah, yeah absolutely you know have an exit strategy uh you know does the uh, one the other person actually get uh, first right to buy the other person out um, mm. how are you going to exit um, yeah, and how long are you buying it for is really important. Yeah. And of course, budget. If you don't have a budget, so do a quick scan on the internet. What does yeah. six fifty get you, and where does it get you? Uh, yeah. The number of bedrooms you want, all those sorts of things. So, so have a look at your budget because there's no use going out looking at all these properties. It's very exciting at the start. Yes, but after week four, week five, week six, and on, it, it- starts to become why am I doing this? Uh, And if you're not meeting your budget with the expectations of the market, then you've just wasted that whole time. So it's Mm -hmm. really important. Look a little below your budget because even though we're in a market that's pulling back, good properties are still competitive. Yes, they are. So do you think we should be friends with uh, like a mortgage broker? (laughs) (laughs) I think you absolutely. So I would even encourage that you actually need to see the broker beforehand. You need to have all your ducks in a row because it's so much harder to get your finance approved at the moment. So have that all in place so you're ready to go because sometimes you'll come across the property you want very early. And if you wait to get all your ducks in a row and finance is a big one, it could have gone. Mm. So uh, I know everybody thinks everything's going slowly at the moment, but it's not. People are making offers prior to auction. Uh, you know, you just have to be ready to go. Yeah, it's it's really important. And like I've heard of a couple of people in their twenties, um, they've purchased property with that conditional, you know, waiting for subject for finance kind of thing, and it's taking three four weeks. It's not yeah. like it's a couple of days. It's it's three, four weeks at the moment. Yes. So, and uh, as a vendor, yeah, as a vendor, if you're faced with two offers, one's subject to finance and one's not, even if mm-hmm. the one that's not is slightly less, I tell you what, in this market, I'd be taking the one that's the bird in the hand. You know yeah. it. You know, you've yeah. got it. Three to four weeks, what happens if that falls over and they don't get their finance? You're back on the market again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And even in that time, a lot of selling agents, in fact, everyone I know, will keep opening that home anyway because if it falls over, they need to know they've got someone else that they can sell it to. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big stress on someone, on a vendor, oh, it is. to have subject to finance. So it's a lot stronger than yeah. what we're saying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, go in with, you know, yeah. guns are blazing, knowing that you're committed, yeah. confident, you, you'll get the money. Yeah, and- contract get those contracts checked too you can't be buying anything without mm. either a licensed conveyance or a solicitor looking at the contract yeah and you don't know what you're doing that's get, right get the professionals to check it over absolutely yeah. you know have that yeah. great group of professionals on your side so that you can actually make an offer with confidence yeah yeah it's the strategies have the strategy in your favor that's right what help are some of the government grants are they actually that helpful or are they just more confusing 
<laughs> uh, I think most government grants, doesn't matter whether it's about housing or whatever it is, is computing yeah. because I think there's a ploy there to make it so hard that you you just give up. But um, oh, yeah. I think that uh, your mortgage brokers are right across the board on this. They will know exactly mm-hmm. what you can go to, what your capacity is, uh, and they'll help you with that, which is really important. Obviously, you can go to all of the uh the government websites to have a look uh Mm. look individually they change quite often depending on what's happening in the market or well not in the market but they change quite regularly depending on um you know they have expiry dates on some of the grants so uh really important just to check what's available at the time and some are federal and some are state so like some are um state help on stamp duties and some are federal on brand new homes so you know it really does depend on on what you're after exactly yeah so as you're a country girl at heart what do you think about buying rural (laughs) well i i love rural um yeah traditionally as a buyer's advocate we sort of steered clear of rural because um uh, unless you know what you're doing uh in those areas um then you can end up paying a whole lot more money um we Uh, you know, as professionals, we steer clear of it because that's tended to be the market that would go first um, down if there was any problems in the market. Um, So if you could afford in the city, then, you know, that was traditionally, you know, it was 10 kilometres from the CBD. Yeah, you're not getting the the growth as well as you are in the city. Yeah, so we we tended to steer clear. Um, But in light of what's happened this year, um, the rural areas are all going very well. They're all strong. Um, You know, there's more infrastructure as time goes by. Uh, When we have a look at people working from home, that used to be a nice to have. Now it is. It's it's almost the norm, isn't it? You know, you can work from home. And so many companies, and I'm talking big companies, are changing the way they're doing uh, their their staff working arrangements. So a lot of people have that opportunity and a lot of people now are going, I actually don't want to live right next door to my neighbour. I actually want some space. Yeah. Uh, so people are moving out to those rural areas. So if you're going to do that, you must do your research. Uh, it can look very cheap when you're coming from Melbourne or Sydney or anywhere else. So have a look at those areas. Uh, speak to the local agents. Speak to the locals. Knock on doors or actually during COVID you probably don't want to knock on doors but um, it's it's very easy to get carried away and spend extra in the rural areas because um, over what they're really worth because it's just seems so much cheaper than Melbourne um, or your capital city yeah. so do your research um, buy the best you can in the area you want to be in um, again work out am I going because I want more land around me am I going because we've found a great school for the kids to go to work out your why just like you would in Melbourne or Sydney or wherever um, because that's really important again yeah and I think one thing a lot of city goers don't understand is that the infrastructures aren't necessarily there the internet can be really dodgy yes like the mobile phone services can be, you know, yes. Telstra only and that's it. You might be living on tank water and tank water means it's it's limited yes. supply. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it rains. Yeah. You know, so then- gas bottles, all those sort of things that, you know, you may think, oh, it's not going to cost that much to run, but you need to keep an eye on things. It's a different type of time usage. You need Very to different worry about. variables, aren't there? And I get, mm. look, there's rural and there's rural city. 
So yeah. if you're going, yeah. say, to Ballarat City or yeah. Greater Geelong, you're really yeah. going to another city, but it is rural yeah. if, from yeah. a market perspective. So um, I guess just spend some time there. And, you know, we always advise clients that are deciding to make a sea change or a, a country change that if they're hesitating, you know what, rent out your Melbourne abode and go and rent in, in that area. And as a first home buyer, um, you know, that's not a bad idea if you can work from home or if your work takes yeah. you and it is transportable. Just, just try it out. Yeah. yeah. And look, the other thing too is rent vesting. As a first home buyer, mm-hmm. you'd go and buy your rural property, uh, you live in it for the 12 months and then you rent it out and then you move back to, you know, um, somewhere else. It's got somewhere to go to later. Yeah, if you need to. And you can do that in the CBD as well, of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, So we'll have a short break, come back, and uh, we'll have a listener question. So welcome back. You're listening to Real Estate Right. And we have Nicole Jacobs from Nicole Jacobs Property here. Um, Now, Nicole, we have a listener question here. Jack from Black Rock would really love to buy in the suburb he grew up in, which, of course, is Black Rock. What would be your advice for Jack, knowing that the entry level may not be that affordable for him? Well, I think Jack's got very good taste because BlackRock's a great suburb. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I think it's it's got to come back to Jack's, uh, his ability to actually, you know, what his budget yeah. is because um, he may have to buy something very small. So quite often people like to be in the, the security of an area that they grew up in because they yeah. know it. Um, but quite often we can't afford to buy in those areas because they've just gone blooming yeah. since our parents bought them for, you know, $15,000 and things like that, which sounds crazy, but that's how it was. Um, so I think that Jack really just needs to, again, I'm going to harp on it, the list, work out what he wants and why is BlackRock so important. So, you know, go out to that next fringe suburb. So Cheltenham, yeah. which is, you know, almost next door, Um areas of Cheltenham he could look at that he'll, are, are much more affordable, but he could potentially just a short drive or a bike ride to, yeah. to Black Rock. So, and some, po- some um, pockets of yeah. Cheltenham, you can actually walk to the beach. Like Absolutely. Well, Cheltenham's split up into about three different yeah. suburbs um, or within yeah. a suburb. Um, there's a new suburb called Pennydale. Yes, I know. <laughs> which I just heard about the other day. <laughs> um, but there's, we always talk about beach side of the highway and yeah. then the other side of the highway. Um, and I even heard about a golden triangle in Cheltenham the other day too. Yes, yes the golden <laughs> At the Wallingford Roads and the um, Eversham Street and Devon Street. That's all the golden There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can definitely, the, you know, and along that train line, um, there's some great suburbs that Jack probably needs to have a look at. Yeah. And there's some great, you know, apartments going up in those areas which have got that urban vibe but not that close to the beach but close enough to if you want to walk it or, you know, ride your bike or drive down, you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just investigate who built the apartments. Yes. Who the architect was, the developer and the builder. Really yeah. important. Because yeah. um they may not be built to, you know, great standards. Mm. Um really important to do your research on that. Now we touch on the rent fest thing. It's a difficult concept for first home buyers purely because they have to live in their property for twelve months. So um you can you can rent it out, but I'm pretty sure you have to live in it for 12 months. Yeah, to get, to, to get yeah. your government grants. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. If you're not looking for the grant and you're still a first home buyer, then uh, rent vesting is a great way to buy something where you may potentially want to be in a few years' time, but not right now. Yeah. And now that it's only 12 months, it's not forever. <laughs> not 12 months. Gosh, it'll go that quickly. I know. And the thing is, like, the youngies just don't understand that 12 months does go yeah. quickly. 12 months is nothing. Yeah. You know, in the scheme of their life, 12 months is, you know, if they can actually get into something, uh, get on the property ladder, then happy days. Happy days, yeah. Yeah. So are there any other strategies that could help get a first-time buyer into the market sooner? Uh, well, we've, we've covered being realistic. That's really yeah. important. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think having confidence uh, and I think a lot of first-home buyers lack the confidence to make the decision. Yeah. Uh, they're just worried. So if you have some key principles that you want to achieve and you can tick those off mm-hmm. uh, and you've done all your due diligence, you should feel quite comfortable and confident to move forward with it. Yeah. See, back in the day when I was a first-home buyer, we had, well, we didn't have government grants and things, but what we did have was, you know, buy off the plan and save on stamp duty. So you only paid stamp duty on the land. We don't yeah. have that anymore, do we? Uh, you can, yeah, well, you can, but I don't think it's a government grant. You get the, the building and land packages, yeah. packages, but, um, you do still save stamp duty just buying land, obviously, yeah. because it's smaller. Only, yeah. And buying off the plan, you still do save stamp duty. But it's not as much as it used to be, is it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Honest. It's, yeah, because I paid. scale from what I understand. Yeah. So on how much have they turned the soil yet what's the percentage construction all that sort of thing yeah Yeah. and that's what it was so when I bought mine I think I paid $1,970 in stamp duty because they paid the land portion huge (laughs) (laughs) I love it (laughs) so yeah essentially saved about eight nine grand I think because we paid I think 232 for the house and yeah yeah and they said that the land was 90 grand so Yes, oh. those were the days. <laughs> those <are> the days. <laughs> so now, how as a buyer's advocate can you help somebody on their first home buyer journey? I think uh, as we just touched on with confidence, that's what we bring for them. Uh, yeah. We take the legwork out for them as well. Uh, we can really use the knowledge of years of experience um, just to be able to uh, know where to go. Uh, not a lot of off markets in that that bracket. No. Um, but I, having said that, bought something off market the other day. So I think our connections with the selling agents are really strong to be able yeah. to hear about something very quickly. Mm. And, and it's getting we get our clients ready to go to push that button to go in guns blazing, so that um, we might see something on the first day. We're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, whereas everybody else is still doing their due diligence. And that's what happened with the one we bought last week is that everybody else was still getting organised. I think that, you know, we price our properties for clients so they know where they need to be, so uh-huh. they know they're not overpaying, they know where it could go if there's emotion involved still. Um, uh-huh. You know, all that due diligence, which a lot of first-time buyers, a lot of buyers full stop find it difficult to understand why they're doing it. You know, Mm. the building of pests, um, you know, it's a great negotiation tool. Um, Contracts checked, finances organised, all the terms. So making sure the terms that they want uh, are met 
which is yeah. really important as well. And that, again, is a negotiation tool. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, for, you know, you can try, uh, you know, I would would advise any first-time buyer that's looking at using an advocate maybe to get a fixed fee so that they know that that's my fee for buying um, and I can calculate that into my costs. Yeah. Yes, it's, it is it is good to have a helping hand on your side yeah. knowing you're going at guns blazing, as you said. Yeah. So thanks so much, Nicole, for, again, giving us some great advice. Buying a first home is a massive undertaking and the procedure is quite overwhelming, but having the support from the right people behind you is the key to the success. So, Nicole, can you tell us about your book, Sold? So Sold um, came about because Hardy Grant asked me to, to actually write a book about buying property, um, mm. selling, because, of course, I was a selling agent prior to being a buying agent. Um, and even preparing your home for sale if you're going to actually sell. Um, so I just, I guess, given my work on the block, um, yeah. uh, it's got insights from block contestants in there as well, which is exciting. But I think from a, a buyer's point of view, it really does go through a lot of the things that we've spoken about today. It's knowing your why, why are you buying, um, having your list, doing your due diligence, knowing the different um uh, selling stra- uh, strategies but also methods of selling i mean ex- expression of interest for instance some people don't even know what that is um yeah. you know uh so it's a step by step so you don't have to read it from cover to cover you can look yeah. up and go i'm going to auction um what do i actually need to do for auction what did you say about auctions um yeah i should probably update it and put online auctions in there now <laughs> given that we're we've got online auctions but there's a lot of private sales now so it's just hints and tricks about what you need to do when you're buying also when you're selling how you can prepare your home for that sale um yeah your relationship with the agents uh it's jam-packed so it's um i think it's a really good read um it's a, just a really good guide for um anybody on that property journey yeah awesome so we will have a facebook and instagram competition where we will ask our savvy social media friends to like and comment on why they love real estate right to enter the draw the draw will be done on saturday the 5th of september just in time for father's day so you've got to be in it to win it thank you excellent (laughs) thanks so much nicole love it Next week, we have Agent X on to help us find the right agent to sell your home. It will be an insightful episode that will get you on the edge of your seat, knowing how to avoid some of the sales techniques they use to hook you in to sign on the dotted line. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Zoom for our video link. If you want to be part of the draw for Nicole's book, Sold, comment on and share our Facebook and Instagram ads this week. Be in it by Saturday the 5th of September at 12 noon and we will draw the winner that afternoon. If you would like to contact Nicole on any first home buyer advice, contact Nicole Jacobs at Nicole Jacobs Property on 1300 054 If you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate us with five stars and review us on your favorite podcast service. Or if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on this podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.